Welcome everyone to Radicalize Truth Survives, where you know that we have your back. My name is Heidi Kuda. I'm here with Jim Stewartson, Sean Connor, High Fidelity, my favorite dragon slayers of disinformation. Uh, we have an incredible show, so we're just going to go ahead and jump right in. In no particular order of importance, let's uh, do a couple little items off the top and then we'll get into why it matters. Uh, Senator Mark Warner urging CEOs of major tech companies to take action to curb Russian disinformation operations. Just what we've all been waiting for, a sternly worded letter. Uh, this is, you know, I saw that and thought it was six years too late and yet we'll take what we can get because at least he's reaching out to the appropriate folks. What say you guys? Yeah, uh, great. The, again, sternly worded letter is exactly right. Like, fucking shut it down. You know where they are. It's not complicated where this right. stuff is. That's it's right. It's ON, it's RSPN, it's Fox, it's Newsmax. That's right. There's 150 websites that you can go to right now and see pure Russian propaganda. Shut down Telegram, for God's sake. All it is is Russian propaganda. That's right. It's, That's it's, right. It, this is not difficult. We don't need sternly worded letters. We need action. That's right. And speaking of action, Hi-Fi, do you have an update on uh, SWIFT? SWIFT, yes. Uh, it looks like Russia is going to be disconnected from SWIFT. Of Excellent. course, a lot of people are like, what the hell is SWIFT? Uh, it's the Society for Worldwide International Financial Transactions. Basically, it's how banks talk to each other over the internet. And if you're not connected, you don't talk to any of the banks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and do we have a little just, video clip to go with uh, kind of what people are doing in Russia right now? They're yeah. sort of freaking out well, about it. Well, people uh, are freaking it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let, let's, let's see. So, so uh, let me explain just a tiny yes, bit what, what SWIFT is at, while this is going. It'll, it'll be funny. Sort of. so, so all swift is is like basically secure uh private email so if you have a login to this thing you can do you can literally do transactions with other people who are in the system but if you don't if you don't have the special key to you know talk to other people and again it's very simple technology uh you end up with this so Wow. Well, the, we have a little a lot, bit of a breaking. Really go ahead. Go Russians ahead, Sean. Who, who have to suffer with, you know, the the consequences of their their batshit um, yeah. leaders' yeah. actions, but yeah. they they gotta they gotta understand that this guy is uh, a, a menace to civilization. The world. Yeah, to civilization. Yeah. And this is yeah. a line just for the ATM. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. So here's here we have a little bit of breaking news uh, from our friend Martin Scheel, who never so friends and patrons of Radpod uh, will recall fondly episode eight, where a former IRS criminal investigator who spent his career taking out money launderers uh, and and rooting out corruption. I don't think there's anybody better in our circle than Martin Scheel to assess some of this stuff, and so. Uh, I just want to give you, he just sent me an email because I sent him that Financial Times article which listed all the global mm -hmm. sanctions currently as of right this moment uh, toward Russia for this aggression. And he said, detaching major banks from SWIFT 
is huge. It will be devastating to the Russian economy, which is rather paltry. He said, maybe analogous to that of Portugal or Texas, which is very interesting. He said, what is scary is the sanctions are backing Putin into a corner. He sounds more and more paranoid. He is also very enamored of his nukes, as Jim yes. likes to remind us. And I'm getting and I'm getting cornered that is like a cat caught up in a tree that may decide to take desperate measures. He yep. said, here is something else to consider. Will the Russian generals allow Putin to take nuclear measures? How much longer will the FSB and the Russian defense ministry and the oligarchs support Putin? He is destroying the Russian economy. He is acting like a madman. Will there be an intervention with Putin in the next week or so by the Russian elite? If Putin survives this war, it won't be long before he will be an economic vassal to China who will hold great leverage over Russia. Two more lines. There will be a new world order and Russia won't be a part of it because their economy will be in ruins. Putin and Russia will be restricted to the sidelines while China and the U.S. will face off. None of that's great, but it's also profoundly accurate. We have, we've seen Marty's uh, you know, forecast play out time and time again. Uh, this is very important as we're going to learn with our upcoming guest, uh, Alex Alvarova, who I'm so excited is going to be with us because she has an insight into the Russian military that stands behind Putin during these pressers that I think a lot of the world is missing. And I'll give you one quick hint, vodka. <laughs> so, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, mean, the, I, I, I keep saying, like, listen, this guy, um, this guy got got himself more mind fucked than he already was during the pandemic. Like, you see, you see him now, and 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 dude is not a rational actor at all anymore. Right. He never was, right? Exactly. Um, but he's now taking it to a level that feels like the like a like a death cult right, kind of exactly. uh, level. Yeah. And when a dude has thousands of nuclear weapons, um, you know, at hand, I think there is a a a non-zero. I'm not going to say it's likely, yeah. but there is a a non-zero chance that he will use a nuclear weapon either as some kind of false flag event um, or uh, as a way to um, say, hey, you know, okay, like you, you think I'm playing? Uh, right. No, I'm not. Yeah, that's right. the des desperation. It, and it will be desperate, but yeah, listen, like the what is the world going to do if he if he does that? Right. That's right. So that's so right. I'm just gonna. I have more to say later. Yes. But I'm just gonna say now again, he has to go. He cannot be left in charge of thousands of nuclear weapons. No, and we need the Russian people actually to be the ones that rise up and the Russian military to be the ones that rise up. So Marty sent another very critical email and what I'm gonna do with this one, because he shows, he takes one sanction. This is against the uh, executive from VTB, one of, largest Russia, one of Russia's largest banks. And he shows how hard it's gonna be to enforce the sanctions because of the fucking entanglements with the West and the money laundering that all of us have been 
writing about and screaming about for many, many years now. And I think what we'll do with this, Sean, is we will put this up for our patrons. Sure. So those of those of you who support our show, who keep us going week after week with, with the excellent guests that we're booking, you're going to get some insight from a very important former IRS investigator. Um, so, wow, what a freaking banging opening. I'm also going to point out... <clears throat> Monique, our friend from Italy and Kremlin file, sent us a tweet. I don't know if we have it uh, mm -hmm. with the Klitschko brothers, who I just think are offering such inspiration right now. Um, maybe Hi-Fi, you can just take this one. So, yeah, uh, Vitaly Klitschko, uh, they, these guys are ex-world champion boxers, right? Uh, they're both millionaires. They could have bounced out of Ukraine and said, uh, sorry about your luck, see you later. Mm -hmm. And instead, they're, 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 they're in the middle of it. They're in uh, Kiev uh, with a machine gun and bulletproof armor waiting for mm -hmm. Russia to come. With Zelensky and Poroshenko and, mm -hmm. and the Ukrainian people are not fucking around. Man, and, the bravery we're seeing of, is incredible. Oh, my God. Re real patriots defend their fucking capital. God they don't right. attack it. That's exactly right. And here's here's what we're finding out, right? Beautiful. We have patriots, we have patriots and fascists in both places. Right? Um we're finding out who the fascists are here. Yeah. They they are we are at the point where they have to show their colors where they That's have right. to at fucking CPAC start chanting for Putin. Um, for you know the the and I'll talk about this more, but but we are now at that point where we are seeing how divided we are. Yeah. Um, and that in other countries we have to support the people who are like us. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh. Otherwise, we're going to be alone. We're going to be isolated, and um, you know the whole system just, breaks. The whole system. That's right. Breaks. I'm so uh, so grateful to you guys for your insights, and um, I want to say I floated two little bulletins over the weekend. One asking when do we sanction Putin's enablers in the West, and then I listed a bunch of them, and boy, that got a very strong response. So I feel like there are people who are aware of why there's been so much inaction for so long. Uh, number two, I floated another idea that we that we revoke. Council for National Poli Policy's charitable status, because clearly their money and their organizations have been so much, so, so invested in domestic terrorism, but their Putin-friendly policies uh, have enabled also this madman. So that also got a huge response. So I feel like there is some, you know, uh, some knowledge that we need to take responsibility here for what is yeah, happening yeah. right now. The yeah. other thing is that has to happen is is well, there's two levels. One, the Johnson rule, which is that you can't have fucking politics at church. Yeah. If you want to keep your your tax exempt, status, hell yeah, you can't have politics in church. How many fucking tweets did I do? How many events did I do where all it is is fucking MAGA, yeah. like uh, like fascist politics? Yep, you know. Why do those people get to pay no taxes to tear down my fucking country? Yeah. Why indeed? Why? 
Why indeed? Why the fuck do they get to have, pay no taxes to brainwash people into bullshit? Into, That's right. Into anti-vax uh, paranoia, which That's kills right. people. Why do they get to do that? You know, we gotta we gotta look at you know the 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 entire monetary system you know at some level and all of the 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 you know the hiding places that the fascists have have you know um, made for themselves over the years. Um, I want to these networks, which in, includes things like the CMP and it includes dirty churches who are nothing more than fronts uh, for right-wing political organizations. We know the vulnerabilities in our democracy. We know what Citizens United unleashed. We know exactly what you're talking about, Jim, and we need strong leadership to deal with it now. We don't have time for the process. This is war. I have always looked at Biden as a wartime president. He's a fucking wartime president. Time for some very, very fast executive orders. I hope. I hope that uh, that we have time. I, I, I am. I am. I am very, very, very cautiously optimistic about the way he's been handling things. Good. He 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 has been turning the screw very, very uh, quickly. Like you know everybody's yelling why didn't you do this why didn't you do that mm -hmm. okay wait 12 fucking hours here mm -hmm. you go yeah and, right and, and i'm okay with that like turn right. the screw right the thing about putin is like he <laughs> literally could go off at any moment and mm -hmm. so these kind of uh, this kind of gradual pressure is is the the correct approach i want to most importantly to fin just to finish the thought and i'll shut up um I am impressed with the information war that we are mm -hmm. finally fighting. I am impressed with the fact that I see a column of, a three mile column of Russian fucking uh, 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 a supply chain uh, going Mule towards trucks. Kiev on mm -hmm. CNN. Mm -hmm. That's fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, and I also there the look there's there's the gas and the food for the soldiers in Kiev. Like, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Let's go blow it up. That's what just I, information. What I want to say <laughs> also it. for Do this it. show, perhaps if there are uh, as if there's a Russian audience for this particular show, we see your people out in the street, and yes, we know your you. bravery. We recognize it. We feel it. You are so brave, and you've been through so much. I I think the longer suffering people there are, and so we witness your bravery. And uh, we applaud it. And uh, yeah, and, the people and, and, who are out there protesting are taking oh their lives God. in their hands. Yeah, they, they're literally pulling people out of the arms of cops, you know, as they're getting arrested. And I, I can't, you know, you know me. I'm emo. I'm so emotional over it. So yeah. we, we there, see you. We see a, you. The remarkable um, sort of solidarity uh, gatherings across the country, and specifically Chicago, obviously, with the large Ukrainian yeah. population there. It was it was huge. It was massive. It's awesome. Yeah, get, get out. The, I mean, we we got to fucking stand up for these people, man. Yeah. They're standing up for themselves. I know. Like like every single person out there who is who is like simping for Putin and uh, yeah. I won't get into my thing. Yeah. But I will later. Oh my god. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. At least we know who they are. Uh hi-fi. 
Um, one other thing I want to bring up before we move into word phrase of the week. Um, Prigozhin's mom and wife are on the sanctions list. All their assets are frozen. That's not going to sit well with him. And everyone who watches this show knows who Prigozhin is. St. Petersburg troll operation, Wagner in Africa, you know, super bad Putin chef, you know, super bad actor. And his wife and his mother are going to be terribly uncomfortable. So I just wanted to point that out that they that that they so were on the sanctions list. Speaking of the weird, strange or sanctions, I've never seen, and not necessarily sanctioned, but the uh, FIFA, the uh, Confederate, the body of governing, uh, you know, international soccer, football. Um, recently, they did they declined to expel Russia from the World Cup. This, you know, this this round, but they did, which I've never seen before. They made all of their qualifying matches to get into the World Cup at neutral sites with no fans. And they can't. Mm. They can't play their anthem, and they can't show their flag. Wow! Oh, wow! That's so insane. Never, they can't even play under the title of Russia. They're like, yep. So they can't. So they're stripped of their. They're stripped of their flag. They're stripped of playing the anthem. They're no fans in their neutral sites. Yeah, which is it's incredible. like the Russian Olympic Committee, right? It's That's like great. yeah. So I've never seen sort of you know international soccer you know uh, sanctions yeah. before, but that's pretty yeah, strong. During, during during the Winter Olympics, they did the same thing, right? They they didn't they they would didn't have the Russian flag. It was the Russian yeah. Olympic Committee that was the entity that the Russian athletes were were under. And I think that's correct, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Because it's not the mm -hmm. athletes that we're angry mm -hmm. at. Like, mm -hmm. Let the athletes be athletes, as long as they're not doing doping and shit like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, they the were doing doping do. and shit like that. You know. <laughs> so. Well, the athletes, so, as Leslie but, Jones you know, says, are prisoners too. You know, I mean, qualifying, you know. qualifying in that it's no, it's no easy feat, and now they're playing no fans in neutral. There's no home sites, so it's gonna be pretty. What interesting news about teams that refuse to play. <laughs> yeah, though. Chelsea. But, interesting. Oh yeah, Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, and yeah. that's even if international teams wouldn't boycott and refuse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Under new ownership, and you saw that his daughter was tweeting anti-Putin memes. So, uh, okay, well, so Chelsea Football Club in England is run by uh, Roman Abramovich. Abramovich, for our, yeah. For our uh -huh. uh, listeners who don't know, and he is a Russian oligarch. And he gave, uh, he gave, he gave it to the the, the Chelsea uh, Charity Federation. Or the yeah. Federation. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, is, is he still Chelsea making money fans. off? It? That's the real question. Well, this, this is, these entanglements are not going to be an easy thing to sort through. But uh, any action right now, any any you know, positive. You know how to solve is... a Gordian knot? <laughs> oh no! Uh, I, we'll just make that a rhetorical question. Okay, so um, let's jump in. High fi word phrase of the week. I think it's an important one. They're all important. Yes, word phrase of the week this week is strong man. And when I say strong man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not talking about the circus strongman who bends iron bars. No, I'm, I'm talking about a leader who rules by the exercise of threats, force, violence, specifically uh, with the use of law enforcement and the military. Yeah. And right. that is exactly what Vladimir Putin is. That's that is right. what Kim Jong-un is. That's, That's what Trump uh, was trying to Trump be. Trump was trying That's what to Trump be. was trying to be. But we have the rule of law here in America, keeping us safe from yeah, fires like that. It's well, what DeSantis is trying to do. Supposed to keep us safe. 
Yeah. Well, well, well yeah, it's, I mean, DeSantis is a great example, right? Because mm -hmm. DeSantis is like, no, we don't, you fuck the, the, the military, we're going to have our own army, right? Yeah, what is he going to have? Yeah. The Florida Guard? His, yeah. National Guard that that doesn't report to the actual u.s military that yeah. is just a m fucking militia yeah that is controlled by the governor of florida like yeah yeah what? yeah, yeah. Uh, and you guys saw um you know in real time the little green men who showed up on trump's watch the more we know about strongman mussolini the history of fascism the more we recognize this stuff the trucks with the flags hundred years ago, the little green men, we've seen it before. So uh Tatushki. Yeah. Little green men were Obama. Well, Trump had his little green men during the BLM marches. Yes, I'm talking about the little green men that showed up in Portland. Where there was no insignia and we didn't know who they were. The original little green men reference is Crimea, when, which is why I got confused. Yes. Just to be clear for the audience. Yeah, yes. The little green men were actually Spetsnaz, Special Forces, Russian soldiers who showed up in Crimea uh, to take over the country, and we didn't really say much about it. We just kind of yeah. let it happen, and they were just taking over buildings, and then there were fucking tanks, and we just kind of let it happen. Yeah. And that was a, that was a terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, error in every possible way. Yes, that's right. We needed to point out over and over again what was going on there, and we did that's not. That's right. And we just um, did so. the exact same with Belarus, as Monique pointed out. So... You know, there's blood yeah. on the hands of our world leaders, and we need to stop the bleeding as soon as possible. Um, yeah. Anyway, on that very sobering note, let's move on to uh, why it matters. Yeah. Me and Sean. Ah. Ah, Sean. Why? Does it matter? Why does it matter? Why high fidelity? Wow. All right. Sean. First story this week. Pill pushers pay out. What is that about? Four companies, Johnson & Johnson, Amerisaurus, Bergen, Cardinal Health, and McKesson will pay a combined $21 billion for their roles in the opiate crisis. Still Why does this matter? Well, let me tell you something. They're going to pay out $21 billion, but guess what? Not a single one of them is going to admit to any wrongdoing whatsoever. No executives yeah. will be sent to prison. Unfortunately, that's uh, common in almost every settlement that you see. There is a no-fault clause that the defendant, it, you know, uh, mandates that's in the settlement agreement. So part part of getting that money and executing the settlement is the fact that they have a no-fault clause in the state right. in the settlement, so that they can't be held liable in the court of public opinion. And that's, um, go ahead. I was just going to say, back to Mark Scheel. Yeah. The Yates Memorandum, the, uh, we need to re, we need to bring back the Yates Memorandum, which would put uh, white-collar criminals in prison. That might the, scare them. The idea that fucking, that these guys can just murder people, just knowing that they're, that they, that they're, they have these fucking salespeople out there just pushing it into these communities on purpose to get people like 
hooked on this shit over and over and over again. Thousands, hundreds, millions and millions of people addicted to this shit Mm -hmm. on purpose. People dying, families Mm -hmm. torn apart. And these guys like get to, to, you know, do a rounding error on their, on their, you know, net on the value of their company and, and nothing happens. It's, it's, it's absolutely it's horrifying and as you dig into these companies more like i have in the past 10 years um you know they build in these slush fund for lawsuits into yes their, they do dividends so they you know johnson johnson's for example it's typically a 2.5 billion dollar litigation fund set aside every year so that's built into the shareholders dividend every quarter they update them on litigation risks and they always sort of you know have this money set aside yeah they, they don't know what they're going to get sued for they know they're going to get sued they're going to yep. pay the fine and move on it's a part of business. It's an operating cost, for it, which is disgusting when you see the spreadsheets. They know how many people are going to get injured. They know how approximately how many people, you know, will become the biggest uh, criminals in the world. Wear suits and fucking ties. I agree. I'm sorry. And look at Deutsche Bank. I will never forget that they had to pay out like six hundred million dollars after laundering ten billion in oligarch cash. They don't feel any pain over that. None of their executives have gone to prison. So everybody should look up the Sally Yates memorandum, which would, if instituted, make white collar criminals think twice because their executives would go to prison. And I think that's something that is mandatory. That's another Martin Scheel advisory bulletin. Um, I have one other white collar crime crime that I would like to see prosecuted, which is the crime of nearly a million Americans dying from COVID unnecessarily because of the political machinations of Russian assets in the White House, Mm -hmm. uh, namely Donald Trump and Jared Kushner, who decided that since COVID was mostly in the blue states that they were just going to let it go and they they were going to trash on purpose, the actual plan that they had already in place to fucking respond to COVID. And they didn't. And then a million people fucking died. Wow. So so how how do we let that go uh, any more than we let uh, the executives of these uh, drug companies who have killed um, an equivalent number of people? It's just, I mean, we. it's so important that we continue to mine recent history, recent news. It's all happening so fast with the 24-hour news cycle of shit and of pain that we don't forget these very important stories. And these are real lives. That's the thing. They're real lives. It's criminal. Well, you know what would help? Stop letting individuals with money make all the fucking rules. Speaking of individuals with money making all the fucking rules. Well done. Our next story. Well done, Uh, honey. Teal teeters on treason. Say that five times fast, kids. Uh, Peter Teal is... Teeters? All right. Well, I was trying to be nice. Uh, <laughs> no, that's fine. Right I mean, in you know. doesn't rhyme. Sorry. No, it's not um, good. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't need to ruin your flow. I, I like the creepy uh, image that uh, Sean, who, by the way, has a new microphone, and we can now hear three out of four words, and we're so glad. Sean swallows the fourth one. It used to be one out of every right. two. And I'm so thrilled that I can hear you because what you have to say is important too. So Just, uh, obviously. It's an East Texas like, mumble algorithm. 
Oh my God. He's he's so got, awesome. He doesn't have a boom mic. He's got a boom hour mic. Teal and treason. Yeah. Let's talk about Teal and treason. Let's do it. Let's All right. So it. Peter Teal uh, has recently been tied to a dark money pack that is supporting far right GOP candidates. Uh, and he himself personally has spent over $20 million of his own money to try to get Blake Masters, uh, former uh, CFO of uh, Teal Capital, hired and uh, elected in Arizona. He is trying to get J.D. Vance elected in Ohio. Uh, this guy is doing everything he can to put his people in power because he seems scared. And I think the reason he's scared is because people are starting to wake up to the fact that Facebook and Twitter were complicit yes. in allowing uh, the January 6th insurrection. Yes. Uh, that, you know, they've been laundering Russian disinformation and trying to fracture our society. Yes. And uh, if you look far enough back in Peter Thiel's history, you're going to find a bunch of Russian money. Yeah. So, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can we just take a moment to point out that J.D. Vance and Blake Masters are competing with each other for, like, the Andrew Dice Clay of fucking right-wing politics. Yeah, right. If anybody right. remembers that, it's dumbass. Like, right. Like, they're just, they're tripping over each other to be Peter Thiel's id. Right? Yeah. Like, the worst possible fascist, misogynistic, despicable, anti-vax piece of garbage is imaginable. And they're they're like they try and outdo each other. That's it's, right. It's astonishing. Yeah. And and it's literally just from the id of Peter Thiel. It's what Peter wants to say himself, which mm -hmm. is he just trains and hires these little monkeys. Uh he gives them 10 million bucks. Mm -hmm. He's like mm -hmm. go. And I just give him a few lines to, to say. It's, it's remarkable. It is. And stepping down for Meta to focus on fascism uh, does not uh, eliminate any culpability. Uh, and I also think that it's interesting when you say the money that was, you know, taken from people like Yuri Milner, who I noticed did not include on his resume uh, the fact that he had worked for a bank where everybody but him actually went to prison for uh, racketeering and criminal behavior. So I think it's really important, again, that we don't forget our recent history. And I also want to point out one thing that is going to piss me off in perpetuity. The billionaire fanzine Forbes, who we now know editor is part of CNP, they did a cover story in December of 2016, already on the you know printing press in November, which showed that Jared Kushner was the guy, the brilliant guy behind getting Trump into office. And in that billionaire fanzine cover story uh, was a report on how Peter Thiel was his man in Silicon Valley that connected him with all the people that then ended up running the digital campaign. And so I don't think we can forget that because we now know very much, like we've been talking about for many, many years, that Trump is a Russian asset and Peter Thiel facilitated him getting into office. So let's just not forget who these people are. You see him like Fred, foaming yeah. at the mouth. Fred, Fred Pascal. What, 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 oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it was uh, my wife. You know, you guys know uh, went to college with Brad Pascal. Oh, God. Ran, uh, 
the digital campaign for, for Trump. Yeah. How did I not I mean, know that? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I've written a lot about Mr. Teal, and so we, we, we won't get into it, but that guy um, has been really, really there at the center of anti-democratic activities mm -hmm. for the last 20 years mm -hmm. um, and was very early, if not the originator of Satoshi and Bitcoin. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to say that out loud right now. Like, can I prove that Peter Thiel, I'm not saying Peter Thiel was typing Satoshi's shit, mm -hmm. but he was there. Mm -hmm. He absolutely helped to promote that. And he's he's more or less admitted to it all along. He said, like, I was with Satoshi at this conference in 1998. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's basically telling people he, he started Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And last thing. Bitcoin is outlawed in Russia. Mm -hmm. It's outlawed in Russia because it's a Russian op. God. For fuck's sake. It's, it's here to disrupt our economy. Mm -hmm. And it's put in place by anarcho-capitalists mm -hmm. who would much rather Vladimir Putin be in charge of Eurasia than a whole bunch of liberals. Mm-hmm. Last thing I will say on that is that uh, there's a lot of effort in media to continually do puff pieces on him. I ask <laughs> our viewers true. to be aware of the Peter Thiel choir boy puff pieces <laughs> that have been prolifer proliferating the interwebs. Be aware of them. When you see them, recognize them for what they are. There's a lot of publications that don't want to be gawkered. And so they are continuing to paint him as a choir boy. And we can safely say that he is not. They still, I just want to point they still out, happen. If, if I, I just want to point out, if he's not fucking laundering money, why is he starting up all these venture capital financial technology companies all over the fucking world with money from who knows where, right? Every single one of these, if you look at it, could be a venue for laundering money. There's financial loans. There's, you know, fake credit card companies. Uh, you, you look at the, who's who's the guy who started PayPal? Uh, Max Levchin. That guy's doing a firm. That's a credit card company. I mean, there's there's so many ways. We don't that know. money can be manipulated by these assholes. We well, do not the whole know. PayPal mafia, man. We, PayPal well, mafia. It, it was started to actually be able to have transactions that people couldn't see. So lest, lest we forget the origins of PayPal. We don't know, but we would ask our financial friends to explore this and report back to us. Well, uh, pay, PayPal explore it? No, give them a colonoscopy. Pay, PayPal <laughs> was Bitcoin. It was supposed to replace the, the economy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it got it got valuable enough, and I guess Peter decided to cash out to eBay instead of like mm -hmm. using it to do his plans. And he went and you know he's not dumb, Peter. No, you're not dumb. Not. No, he the, he made most no, of his money of, he's, he's using he's a loophole. There's, there's a loophole in the 401k uh, uh, contributions yeah. and the, the, the Roth style contributions, and that's how he was able to double triple his money really really quickly by putting huge amounts of investments into that 401k, it gets taxed hardly at all. 
Um, yeah. And so yeah, yeah, you put a bunch of Facebook stock in there. Tons of, tons when of money. it blew up. Yeah. I, I would Forbes love to have. Still says he has four billion dollars, which is missing probably two zeros. Maybe, you know, he's. he's... Well, the last one I saw for him was two point six. Right. There's no the latest one is four point two, but that's ridiculous. He's got he's got he's he's got a lust Elon Musk type money. It's just in Bitcoin. Where where do you think the million Bitcoin are that are missing? All Speaking of Elon All Musk, I'm a little worried. Just saying. Speaking of Elon Musk, I'm a little worried, right? Uh, because the infrastructure attacks in the Ukraine. Uh, you know, people in the Ukrainian government said, hey, Elon Musk, can we utilize Starlink for Internet? Elon Musk said, sure, here you go. I don't trust Elon Musk. So I would be I mean, what better way to fuck up your enemy by having their communication lines? So I do not yeah. trust. I just, just want to encrypt go. everything, Ukraine. That's all I'm saying. I want to go back to Teal for one second because he is from my hometown by way of Germany, where my family is also from. You're and from Cleveland? I'm from Cleveland. No, he's, he's, he did time in Cleveland too, but no, he's Foster City and I'm San Mateo. All the same people, I think a few years younger. Um, I'm very concerned because him and his ilk destroyed my hometown and my area and greed became very good and priced out all the people who were living in the Bay. And I'd love to have a conversation with him in German about just that. Um, so that's on the table for Kernanov Deutsch sprechen. Be good just, time. <laughs> just for the reference, the, this ProPublica article cites uh, Teal took a retirement account of less than $2,000 in 1999 and spun it into $5 billion. All right. Lottie da, Lottie da. That's through the 401k. Through that's a through series the, uh, the of incredible coincidences and, and lucky. Uh, like, for example, he put a half a million dollars into Facebook, got 10%. And two years later, a dude comes in and drops uh, drops $2 billion in it to make his his um, shares worth $2 billion. Yeah. Like, it, Who was that? Was that was that Sergey Grishin? Yeah. He could have been. Yeah. Uh, mm. Anyway, <laughs> it, it's... it's the reason why he why he turned that money is not because of of IRA trickery. It's because of of <laughs> him getting a bunch of IRS big, trickery. You wet, mean? Big big whales to come in after him and make his investments stupid. Well, know. while exploiting loopholes to remain tax free for. And, and, and the other you thing you said IRA, that, Jim. You meant IRS. I'm just making sure that you didn't mean IRA. The Roth IRA. No, yeah. No, oh, okay. Okay. Got you. Yeah. I'm still and, thinking of internet troll, uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a lot of IRAs. <laughs> Got you. The retirement account. All right. Let's get out of this. Okay. Part. So. All right. Last are... story. Last story. We're going to do this one fast. Quick. This one's called free speech phonies. And the reason I call it free speech phonies is y'all remember, uh, you know, 2019, 2020, all these right wing politicians in the United States were, Big tech is censoring us, and ah, they're silencing conservative voices, and ah, we're going to go to parlor, or now we're going to go to true social. Um, literal censorship occurred in Russia when Putin shut down Facebook and censored Twitter mm -hmm. uh, from people who were sharing what was actually going on in Ukraine and showing the bodies of civilians who had been you know, killed by military fire, that apartment buildings, not, mm -hmm. you know, civilian targets were being bombed.
Putin said, yeah, shut that off. Mm -hmm. Not one single conservative who has been crying about big tech censorship has said a fucking thing yeah, of course not. about of course real not. censorship. Mm -hmm. They're a bunch of phonies. People need to realize they're being fed bullshit. Merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup. If, no, Putin uh... didn't, if Putin didn't seal off his cyber borders, he would not still be in power. He has for 20 yeah. years sealed the cyber borders. People in Russia live in this horrible vacuum, but at least information vacuum, but at least they know better than to trust his ass. So uh, moving along. Thank you for that. High five. Jim, did you want to comment? Nope. All right. Let's get to brief legal briefs. Make a so a few stories uh i think the one that i'm most uh closely following is the madison cawthorn uh effort to get him knocked off the ballot unfortunately has uh come to an end uh the congressional maps were redrawn uh, in north carolina twice since that was filed since the, uh, the 14-3 amendment was filed against him um, so this unfortunately throws that out. The challenges the people who they were representing are now ineligible because they don't live in that. So fucking redistricting. Yeah, That's redistricting. Essentially, yep, got it thrown out. Which is, you know, there was a strange. He was going to switch districts anyway, but then, you know, as this uh, lawsuit came into play, um, he made that certain that he's in a different right. district. Well, is he um, still going to try to run? Is the question? He's going to run, and they're going to file uh, the same lawsuit in the. Okay. The so in the new that. district. Okay. Yeah. Right. It still is more sort of judicial trickery and legal, you know, machinations. And yeah, the, they're the playing reason, shell games. And explain the reason that they're trying to make it impossible for him to run. It's because he was involved in the insurrection, correct? They That's don't right. want an That's insurrecting right. congressman. Okay. So yeah. you also have a quick update on something that freaked everyone out last week in New York. Oh, yeah. So, they, you know, and this is the uh, the criminal case against Trump. In New mm -hmm. York, when the, the the two attorneys um, sort of suddenly resigned, mm -hmm. uh, and everyone was confused because the new DA came in, and the New York Times reported, and it sounds like this is probably true, the case was either going to get dismissed, they weren't going to file the criminal cases. Mm -hmm. Typically, the there's uh, civil cases will wait for the criminal case and sort of support the criminal case, and then after the criminal case, the civil case will, you know, okay, take its will 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 occur. But the civil case had been far outpacing this criminal case for a while. So people getting really confused. Um, Got it. And apparently the, the, the attorneys that retired or uh, resigned did so because they uh, there was good reason for them to think that the case was going to get dropped. Okay, well. Pursue the criminal case. So, so, no so I, I did hear that the Manhattan DA appointed a new attorney. They did. Uh, who's going who's gonna to head that team. But she's got like. What ten years of white yeah. collar crime defense? Yeah. yeah, so there's some concerns about what the motivation is. You know, either the case was bad, or you know, there's some sort of uh, more sinister sort of uh, slow playing going on there for the criminal case. Well, Tish James sounded very encouraging on it, but I I will say something's going to get that bastard. Something's going to get him. Well, you can't, yeah, you yeah. can't do a lifetime of criminality and not have some 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 shit catch up with him so he, he I, i'm here to have eight, a, eight, killing a million people yeah. well there's that thank one you too. jim no he does have 18 legal cases against him right mm -hmm. now yeah, the georgia yeah. case is gonna be hard for i like him. seriously crimes against humanity that's yeah that's what he needs yeah 
He, Jacob he knows the Hague. A, he is the he is a traitor to the United States. Yeah. Who murdered people? Yeah. For yeah. fascism. Putin so starts a you know Putin continues his war and gets to the kinetic phase and you know Trump calls him brilliant. Fuck that guy. Let's well let's let's talk about okay uh, how how deep Putin has gotten into our our okay so let's American get to hellscape. Jim Stewartson's Hellscape. Oh, fuck. Yeah. All right, so look. <clears throat> Vladimir Putin is not your friend, any of you. Uh, here's, here's, I want to just walk you through a little bit of what's going on in the depths of uh, Mike Flynn QAnon land. Important. Um, Sean, do you have that? Uh, um, the the propaganda that Putin himself, not even the Kremlin's official prop propaganda, but Putin's like most most frothing at the mouth, insane genocidal propaganda, is that actually the Ukrainian government and the Ukrainian populace is full of Nazis. Full of neo-Nazis. So uh, scroll up to where it says X-22 at the top there. Uh, go back a little bit. Right there. That's good. So X-22 is um, uh, Dave Hayes. It, it's his is part of his network. Dave Hayes and X-22 Report are um, either working for or with Steve Bannon, one or the other. But his entire network is on Steve Bannon's War Room network. It's okay. on literally the same servers. Okay. These two are working together. Also, Dave Hayes happens to be one of many Qs. Uh, in 2018 and 2019, that dude had the trip code to Q. Literally Q. Can you tell our um, audience what a trip code is? A trip code is a password uh, on 8chan. Thank you. Uh, which is how you log into being Q. And okay. if you had the trip code, you could post a Q drop and it would become an official Q thing. Got and it. Dave Hayes, along with a bunch of other people that I'll, you know, continue to name, um, posted as Q and and are are absolutely in league with Mike Flynn and Steve Bannon. And what does fucking Dave Hayes uh, have to say? What does this entire network have to say? They are saying, actually, yeah, no, Ukraine is full of neo-Nazis, and it's good what Vladimir Putin is doing because it's going to get rid of the neo-Nazis. Mm -hmm. Zelensky's what, fucking Jewish. What are they talking about? Well, it, it's look, hold on. This is Russian Kremlin dangerous genocidal propaganda. Thank you. Now, Look at the three stars in X-22's thing. Now, keep, let's keep going a little bit. Mm -hmm. We'll scroll down some more. Here's some more X-22 um, doing Zero Hedge, which is another Russian op, like a thousand percent. Ukraine is a deep state cash cow. That's what uh, Zero Hedge wants you to know, uh, what Dave Hayes wants you to know. Um, you know, really what's happening is we're cleaning out the bad actors. Mm -hmm. in Ukraine. Like all the bombing that's going on mm -hmm. is actually bombing the pedos and the deep state mm -hmm. and the and the and the cartel, right? And that is disinformation. So, so let's They're go to Jim Watkins. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Jim Watkins. Now 
I saw, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna talk to a particular person right now who gave me a hard time for saying that this was Kremlin propaganda mm -hmm. um, because, oh, the Azov Battalion, who is um, uh, uh, related to Adam Waffen, a uh, horrendous neo-Nazi organization, mm -hmm. because they had some members in Ukraine, that mm -hmm. means that Putin's propaganda is correct. Mm -hmm. Are you out of your fucking mind? Why Jim Watkins is posting this thing from 2014 is to support Kremlin propaganda. And if you're too dense to understand that, that's not my problem, that's yours. Right. Okay, next. Right. Um, but we can just go through here. But but hold on, we're going to stop on Aaron Matei. Aaron Matei is supposedly a leftist. He runs a thing called Gray Zone, and he's got Matt Taibbi and Max Blumenthal and a bunch of other, like, just straight up Russia apologists, right? This is the guy who initiated the whole Blue Anon thing mm -hmm. that I got tarred with for a, a year and a half and that Mike Flynn used to cover for himself in QAnon. So let's, let's go a little bit. So this is from a year and a half ago when all these idiots started on me and now here he is yesterday. Like, like saying that the US got what it asked for. Sorry, honey, I think you might have been asking for it. Are you serious, Aaron Matei? Wow, I, I think, so bad. I think you are uh, an anti-democratic operative and should shut the fuck up. Sorry, I'm getting uh, uh, turned up. Who, who Let's pays just for continue the a little bit. Uh, we're going to scroll real quick zone? through the rest of these because they're all the same. It's all the same. Here's my old friend E, who's pushing Julian Assange bullshit constantly. Here's Q Time Network with the three stars, who says, uh, you are just witnessing the systematic destruction of the old guard. The fucking deep state is what's getting blown up in Ukraine instead of citizens. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that with the Alex. fake news media na narrative. America should be going to war to cover up the crimes Biden committed in Ukraine. Mindy Robinson, the yeah. the, the clearest Russian op on planet Earth. Right. Let's go. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, Misty G, three stars. We the media. Oh my God, three stars. Uh, Q and old school Pepe Deluxe. Let's keep going. Oh, there's yeah. So there's they're they're showing again that the Azov Battalion who hap who showed a flag, a uh, Nazi flag in uh, uh, you know some mall somewhere, and that means that what Putin is doing is legitimate. Jim, That's can I stop you for one making. second? What platform are you finding this stuff on? And I this don't know. Telegram. I don't know Telegram how you are not in a rage. By Pavel Durov. Right. Okay. Who is, who is yes. a Russian national? Yes. Right. Who is a libertarian? Right. Who lives in UAE? Right. I just, I just, I don't, I don't know how you don't stay in a rage over this stuff. I mean, I, I, appreci I, I appreciate you bringing it, bringing it to everyone's attention. But I am so hurt that you have to fucking be that guy who does this because this shit is mind. Fuckery. So yeah, the guy so, who so, runs hold on a second, Jim. Yeah. The guy who runs Russian Telegram lives in the UAE, and the UAE just uh 
what did they do in the UN? They didn't they uh, abstain from a vote to uh, it had something to do with Russia and the the Look Security it up while Council. Jim keeps going. Uh, the the, U, the UAE, uh, I mean, that's where Eric Prince lives. <laughs> oh, like well, that. there you go. The, the UAE, uh, the, the, the UAE, the Dubai, um, um, and, and Saudi, MBZ, MBS, um, they've been funding this shit too. They're fascists. Yeah. They're in league yeah. with Putin and, yeah. and Netanyahu yeah. and. and yeah. All these people who are trying to engineer the destruction yeah. of global liberal democracy. And uh, I think we have, let's, the other, do we the have that point, clip? Do we have, go ahead, Sean. Well, I was going to say the other more frustrating thing about this is while they're, you know, projecting that, you know, there's these neo-Nazis, supremacists everywhere. You have Marjorie Taylor Greene, right? Uh, attending the, uh, the, the uh, what's his name? Nick Fuentes. Nick Fuentes. Half pack, American yeah. first political Where they oh, yeah. cheered for Russia. Oh, yeah, you know? they cheered for Russia. And then, you know, if you guys want to watch this clip, it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty Thank you. This, is the, this, this is the Russia clip where they're, where they're cheer on Russia. And then, we'll show them. and then I want to watch Michael McKay square this thing that Jim just brought up. And you want to know the secret, uh, to borrow a phrase from a friend of mine, our secret sauce here, it's these young white men. That's what we call the secret ingredient. America and the world has forgotten about them, but not us. Oh you know, they God. say about oh America, they say diversity is our strength, you know. And yes, I look at China right. and I look at Russia. Who can we give a round of applause for Russia? Yeah, let's let's applaud war crimes. Yes. What's wrong with this kid? What is wrong with him? What's wrong with him? Absolutely. He's a fucking, fucking Putin. What's wrong He's with a, him, he is, though? He is a, uh, Nick Fuentes got Why? like got picked real early on. He's in he he's an incel. Mm -hmm. Started the Groypers, mm -hmm. right? He started the whole thing with Apu and the Groypers. Mm -hmm. The the you know what he's been doing for a long time is inserting Nazi ideology into the right wing. Mm -hmm. And he's he started it out. It started out sort of jokey and memey, and like you know mm -hmm. you'd you'd have kind of hints of of Hitler and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And now he's just straight out straight up out there, you know, saying Putin is good, Hitler is good, white men are good. Mm -hmm. well, yeah, he's a guys. literal Nazi who yeah, has what? hundreds of thousands of of mm -hmm. followers mm -hmm. as fucking paul gosar has mm -hmm. as marjorie taylor green has a has actual <laughs> support who by the, the way backtracked the and said right. she didn't know what he was about yeah let, let's watch this introduction tell me a standard bearer of trumpism in the u.s congress she is pro-life she is proudly america first and i want to say a very special thank you to Milo Yiannopoulos for making this happen. He made this happen. He put it together. Yeah. Whoops. That's Milo over there. He's throwing some stuff around. Jesus but thanks Christ. to him, we are honored. We are humbled and excited to welcome to the Can't stage watch it. right now for our first speech. And we'd love to get to know her much better. I think this is going to be 
the beginning of something great. The representative from Georgia, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Chanting for Putin and bring it on Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's, uh, that's awesome. Who then White said she didn't know that he was a Nazi. She's a fucking liar. Well, she's so, so, let's be clear. She is a Nazi. Yeah. So not not only did she yeah say she didn't know, but then of course this tactic that you've seen on Telegram, she started no, playing. No, let's Biden. not. No, Joe no, Biden. No, Joe Biden. No, yeah. Yeah. No, no mincing words here. She 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 one of the first tweets I did about this whole goddamn thing was her promoting America First mm -hmm. symbology mm -hmm. in her uh, congressional race. Mm -hmm. And, I, and I, I was just like, America First, wait. And then, I, you know, I did a Google okay. and it was like, wait, yeah, it's the Ku fucking Ku yeah. Klux Klan. And they know. Why the, what, what the fuck? They know. Remember, remember that video when know. she first came on the scene, like right after Trump was ousted. And the first thing they do is they go right to her as she's chasing down one of the survivors of Parkland, and I knew we were in trouble, and this was going to be our next grotesque that we were going to have to look at. Yeah, and sure enough, great QAnon shit. Mm -hmm. And going back even farther, how because how come nobody investigates the fact that her opponent, her Democratic oh. opponent, was literally trolled out of the fucking race? Her Republican opponent. I mean, that was the interesting yeah. thing. It was the guy that was actually on the Republican side who whose life was shattered. Uh, from what I recall, yeah. um, I would very much like just to just to have that palate cleanser reset with McKay explaining what the Nazi Putin thing is really about, because I think it's important. And then I can't wait to bring on Alex. Yeah. So, yeah, explaining what the, they really mean by Nazi. Yeah. This is Michael McKay, who is a, a, a Canadian scholar who lived and worked in the Ukraine and in Ukraine and is uh, has been a one man foreign correspondent. Today, usually I don't like to talk about what Putin says because I know it's all propaganda and so propaganda, on. Yeah. But sometimes he he lets go what his true motivation is. Mm -hmm. He says, why am I launching this large military offensive tonight? on Ukraine. It's to denazify Ukraine. That's what he said. Now, I know exactly what he means. He means, and this is a threat, I'm going to do to you, Ukraine, what I did to Germany. I'm going to rocket your capital city, like the Soviet, the Red Army did Berlin, until it is rubble. I will enslave your people, as Russia managed to do to Eastern Germany. Yeah. I will go on a rampage of mass killing and mass rape and deportation exactly as the Soviet Union. That's what denazification means to them. We think it means, oh, some ideological reorientation, yeah. getting a thing. No, no, that's not what it means to them. It means a war of annihilation um, like, uh, like we've not seen since the Red Army and what they did and or since ancient times um thank you i think that's we're talking about genocide here we are talking about a man who is capable of it mm -hmm. and has the the tools to do it and has the republican party you know spouting his 
propaganda and support. So it's these are these are these are dark days, and we've been warning about it, and here we are. And who better to really wake up America than our friend Alex Alvarova, who grew up in Soviet-era Czechoslovakia before it became the Czech Republic, Czechoslovakia. Um, and I'm so excited that you're here with us and that you're going to be dropping some knowledge on our viewers who are global. We have heavy percentage in America, but they're global. Alex is uh, an anti-disinformation activist. She is also a public relations professional, and she is an author of a very key piece of, uh, a very key book that's, uh, that's in Czech uh, called, let me see. The Industry of Lies. The Industry of Lies, which I think is an incredibly brilliant title. And then she also did a nonfiction Bananist thriller called Feeding the Demons. And so can you please tell our viewers what it was like as a child growing up in Soviet-era Czechoslovakia? Yeah, actually, I was born one year before the Soviets, before the invasion, before the Soviets came to our country on tanks and started slaughtering the people in Prague. I was one year old when they came. And I actually, I had a quite nice childhood until the moment I can clearly remember I was eight and I was watching out of the window and there was some man zigzagging on the street, like obviously drunk and was shouting some kind of political stuff I didn't understand. And it was funny to me. So I was like, I went like, look, daddy, there is some drunk on the street. Uh, it's, it's funny. And he was looking out of the window with that long staring view, didn't say for like one minute anything. And then he went, yeah, he's maybe drunk, but he maybe goes from the interrogation on the secret police. Hmm. And I thought, I, for the first time in my life, I realized there is something terribly bad happening out there mm -hmm. behind the door of our apartment. Right. And since that very moment, I was like trained by my parents and by people around also in the school that there are two realities, two parallel realities, and you need to be able to fluently switch among them. The private one, it means like your parents, your brothers and sisters, your husband, at least sometimes even not this. And then the other people, and you can't trust literally no one. There is no one you can trust, no one. Anyone can go to the secret police and spill on you. And then you go to jail for stupid stuff, just saying anything. So we lived in a permanent schizophrenia, like mm. having two lives together. So the public one, and, and the mode, like you are allowed to speak on public. So you, you immediately after you leave your door at home, you switch to that second mode and you existed like completely different being, which is controlled. The, the face matters. Uh, it means like you couldn't laugh when the uh, Brezhnev or the high communist party uh, bozos were talking. You, you 
you were not allowed even blink you, everything was controlled uh, i can remember when i was 12 some guys there was always this sweet subversion of rock music of american music to to uh, our country culture mm -hmm. kids love to listen to led zeppelin and queen and and stuff and some of some boys of them had long hair and they got immediately huge problems in the school just for having long hair because this was a western culture symbolism which was not allowed so we got used to live two completely different lives at once the private one and the public one and how much tension did that put on you that kind of paranoid feeling of never knowing if somebody was going to sell you out or you know where this would take your family what what, what kind of pressure was that like uh, it's constant you get used to it because it's mm -hmm. like permanent there is no way to hide so you you mm -hmm the tv in all media you constantly you are attacked by propaganda and mm -hmm. and you need to stay sane because you know inside of you you know it's not truth but okay. it's hard to cope like to to get the balance not to get completely nuts right so all of us we we my generation has kind of that very specific mental injury like something like PTSDs because we were extremely trained in living in those two parallel realities and it was pretty much stressful because yes. you never knew if your teacher in the school can even teachers were obliged to sign some uh like write reports to the secret mm -hmm. police about the mm -hmm. kids because kids are talking in the school right so my parents always told me do whatever they say uh, never talk what we are talking about in, in our family what we are talking about at home let them feel like we are okay never never talk so sometimes when the discussion went really hot at home so they closed the door and speak like behind the closed door that i do not listen because they were scared i will tell some shit in the school mm -hmm. And what, what is really hard for me to hear, and I'm so sorry, emotional alert. My dad was born in Czechoslovakia. He was born in Sudetenland. Sudetenland was handed over to Hitler. My dad grew up with intense poverty, intense paranoia. The Russian front was right outside his door. He grew up with, you know, tanks with dead bodies in them. And, uh, and he grew up, I grew up with transgenerational trauma over this, and I didn't know it. I had to understand it retroactively. And for me, whatever side of this you were on, there were impacts. And we're allowing this shit to happen again. Again, the West has allowed us to come to this point. And from, from your experience and also the work that you've done investigating disinformation and writing books about it, how big of a part has this fucking dual narrative of reality and what is a paranoid fiction being sold played in you know into this day that we we have before us today i think pretty much everything around propaganda is about this because propaganda is actually creating 
virtual reality around you just by two simple means, amount and repetition. So it's about the mere exposure effect. The more you get exposed to the lie or to, to the uh, virtual reality they create, the more you get used to it. So first, when you, when, you, when you hear it for the first time, you know it's a complete bullshit. When you hear it for the second time, you say, okay, it's a bullshit, but I've listened to this and sometimes before, and it's not that unknown like previously. Okay, let's let's put it aside, but I can think about it later. And so the completely false narrative, the trickstery, stays in your mental universe somehow mm -hmm. on the orbit. Mm -hmm. And in the moments when you are not completely conscious, it's falling down to the center. Shit. Until one day you wake up and it's somehow part of your cognitive universe. You take it like, okay, it might be true, or I should probably think about it. Lots of people are talking about it and it, the TV keeps repeating that. Opinion keepers are keeping, keeps repeating that. So it's everything around you. And if the amount and repetition is constant and strong enough, a certain part of the population gets broken down. So their cognitive matrix yeah. is broken and they, yeah. they, yeah. they just say, okay, uh, maybe it's this shit. Fuck. I, I want to, I want to point out um, for the, for the viewers, especially anyone who's confused about um, the Soviet Union, uh, about communism, and at least in the form uh, that Vladimir Putin is interested in restoring, this is this is testimony from someone who is telling you what that means. Now, if you can listen to Alex and say that that's what you want in your life for your children, for your family, then something's wrong with you. And if you haven't figured it out yet, you need to listen to what she has to say some more. That's so right. I'm shut up now, I have just a simple story about it. Audience, this is what it is that we're. Thank fighting. you, Jim. You know, when the Russian propaganda entered the our information space for the first time after the Velvet Revolution, with the full force, 2013, it was very. <laughs> It was somehow very familiar to me what I what I have seen, but the weird stuff was it was coming from America. It, just the names were different, so it wasn't anymore like imperialist America and weapons and warmongering and, and stuff. I knew I knew that vocabulary from the 80s and from the 70s. So just the vocab, the names, the vocabulary changed. This time it was neo-Marxists, progressivists. Mm -hmm. and, and so the, the names of the enemies changed, but mm -hmm. the syntax and the way how they do it, like to, to push people against each other and to mm -hmm. create emotional outreach to keep you, the, 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 the hate gets daily doses of fresh flesh. Mm -hmm. It was exactly the same. And can you please tell our viewers what it was like to be divided between two leaders with everybody thinking that their leader was the one 
and how that was part of an active measure in your country? Because that's what really tipped you off to be able to write yeah, industry advice. This is advice. actually very, very funny that Czech Republic, I don't know how other Eastern European countries, but Czech Republic went through this experience in the early 90s already. There were two opposing leaders, one of them extremely left, one of them extremely libertarian, uh, right-wing. Their name were Klaus and Zeman. And the Czech public was in one particular first election campaign, suddenly hit by extreme wave of hate, creating the the impression that if the other part of the political spectrum wins, the world is gonna down. So you, you are allowed to do everything to prevent them to be elected. And we split it into two radicalized camps, wow. hating wow. each other, hating each other like, like, like it was unbelievable. So it was practically impossible to say, I'm somewhere in the middle, I don't know yet, because the people were totally out of their mind. And it did, this was done solely by election campaigns and by, by media and social media, and uh, even before the era of social media, mm -hmm. just, just the messaging. Mm -hmm. and those two leaders, turns out, were both working for Russians. Mm -hmm. So we thought, a part of the nation thought, okay, the the leftists are almost communists, they are dangerous. And part of the nation was thinking, okay, those thugs, they've stolen everything. They, they say they're going to privatize uh, the state, but they are actually trickers and, and fraudsters. And there was no middle, the, the middle just disappeared. Jesus it was in, in vain. It's just, I hear this and I hear echoes of what we are living through right now in America. And right now, those two, polit one of them is our president. Everyone mm -hmm. knows it's a Russian thug. Now it's obvious because he was supporting his entire presidency. He was supporting Russians like hell. He was uh, uh, amplifying their propaganda, doing them favors. And the second one was president of the Czech Republic before him both became presidents of our country and we know both both served russia in the 90s yeah. since the 90s well i want to i just want to read something to everybody and get your opinions on this this Sorry, goes uh, back no no sucks you're, when I get you're brilliant I alex and this is a show where you're we fine. swear liberally we, we do everything we can because this is emotional stuff this is a this is something that was posted today by a reporter who read it. Uh, I'm not, it doesn't matter where it comes from. This is a Canadian woman who is reading her social media, and this is what she thinks is really happening in Ukraine. And this goes back to what Jim said in Hellscape. Here's what's really going on in Ukraine. Ukraine is the deep state's playground. This is where they launder their money, run child trafficking, make bioweapons to release on the world for depopulation purposes. Pelosi, Biden, Kerry all have sons on the boards of Ukraine energy companies. Putin is on our side and working with Trump. Russia is not trying to occupy Ukraine. They are bombing the shit out of the deep state stronghold. No citizens are targeted. 
only tactical military and bioweapon facilities are targeted. The U.S. has 11 bioweapon labs in Ukraine that we fund. Putin just took them all out because Gates already announced another pandemic was coming. The good guys are finally on the offensive and kicking ass, but you won't hear it on fake news. Expect big things from China and Taiwan next. Now, I read that and got really emotional because I had just read Jim's most recent Substack, which indicated that this is the narrative that is infecting the brains of people. And Alex, you first, you hear this, and this must have echoes of Soviet era propaganda in your head. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, By the way, for both my books, I have studied a lot of, a lot of material and, and a lot of different, I, I have to do a lot of different research of their propaganda methods. Uh, it's obvious. We always laugh in Czech Republic because in turning points of history, when Russia comes to the trigger of decision trigger to change their policy when something different when, when something totally changed in their in their political space their trolls internationally are without instructions like for 24 or 48 hours so they are silent and we always ah we always point at them and, and waiting what's coming up and after maximum 48 hours we always joke that they got the new notes and they they are able literally in two days wow completely from the anti-vaccine all checks all checks disinformation webs literally in 48 hours switched from anti-vaccines to praising russia to this okay. what what you just said deep state and thugs and 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 pedophiles and oh god it's they, like okay so okay refreshing. I... silence they always and it's it's happening again and again they mm-hmm. are they they get for two days silent because they have no notes they they have no instructions and until once they get them comes the coordinated talking okay so you know we're talking about media we're talking about social media how much do you think social media companies big tech these big tech social media companies are complicit in allowing this propaganda to spread and harm people you know what there is it goes deep down into history and i write about it in my book feeding the demons the most important person in development of social of the idea of the very idea of social media was yuri milner mm-hmm. a russian in silicon valley an oligarch who at the very beginning 2009 i guess invested a huge portion of money of russian state money gazprom and vtb bank which is sometimes called as putin piggy bank the right now under sanctions of those two state driven subjects a huge portion of soviet or sorry russian money mm-hmm. in silicon valley mainly into facebook and twitter mm-hmm. this money was a huge kickoff in the start like to because Zuckerberg had a re, real problem at the very start with his 
I don't know, burning rate? Uh, it's the, I don't know, how is it Burn called? rate, it's how much yeah, they spend rate. daily yeah. while bringing yes. in money. He couldn't yeah. somehow get out of the wood, so he was constantly burning too much money and nothing came back. And suddenly he went to Moscow, met, met with Medvedev, and there was that there are those happy photos like shaking their hands mm-hmm. and wearing mm-hmm. the t-shirt of Facebook and, mm-hmm. and the uh, red square and suddenly everything went so fine came then came Yuri Milner offered the money and then no one actually speaking about it then came Cheryl Sandberg she's a daughter of Russian immigrants on Florida mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this lady invented the entire business model of Facebook, which is based on uh, amplification of informations, which are preferably outrageous, which makes you angry, which makes you angry. Mm-hmm. Those informations, the algorithm clearly prefers the distribution of this type of information to make money and to get a lot of personal psychological data mm-hmm. in the background. They are sucking the data out of, of our profiles. Cambridge Analytica without our allowance, mm-hmm. even know they've just sucked out the psychological data of Facebook clients and completed them with another huge portion of databases like voter rolls, financial leaks, data, yeah is bankrupt and so on and they created a huge database and this was never this wouldn't be never possible without facebook psychological data mm-hmm. and without yeah. this model sheryl sandberg created and pushed yeah, the algorithm was pretty simple right it was just mm-hmm. if if you it's more engaging give the audience more of that mm-hmm. the problem is that they knew that engagement it was basically a hundred percent correlated with anger. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Uh, Which is so interesting. It became, it, it so became the a radical world, get, ne- negative more information is yeah. psychologically more powerful than positive information. Well, it's like so, Fox. So they, it, so they, so it just became a radicalization engine. Mm-hmm. It became a, mm-hmm. a, a self uh, mm-hmm. enforcing way for, for radicalization to happen. And, uh, and and they, they absolutely knew it. The thing that Cambridge did was micro-targeted to specific areas and specific demographics, right? Because they didn't want to make everybody radicalized, yeah. just the people in the specific yeah, the places where they needed more enough. voters. That's right. Uh, and Fox turned everybody into outrage junkies, too. That was the whole Roger <laughs> Ailes uh, methodology. That's the background radiation of right. the Big Bang, absolutely. Become successful with that business model. Everyone else just went the same way. I have and Wojcicki. Everyone. It was like, wow, there is a lot of money. Let's go this way. And so we got surveillance capitalism. Basically, we are not living in a democracy anymore. We are living in an algocracy because Mm -hmm. our information distribution, which is the very core of democratical function of the constitution. Wow. is played by algorithms we have no influence on. 
Well, and the oligarchs own the media and they own the social media and they feed people yeah. whatever they want to feed people. I'm just letting and that soak in. Entire, an entire network of, of business companies distributing the ads to the disinformation webs mm -hmm. and being the disinformation okay. webs are being promoted on social media because they are so outrageous. And so they are like sweethearts of Facebook and, and Twitter because they help to make them money. That's right. And increasingly, what it makes with the entire population is that we are seeing the enemy in our neighbor, not yeah. in Russia. Yeah. It's our neighbor who deserves to be punished. Yeah. Which no, is something it's like Russia. Well, but I mean, no. It's, it's this Russia. Is, this is brilliant. <laughs> this is really brilliant. I need to figure out how to spell algocracy because we're going to throw that into the title along with the title of her book, The Industry of Lies. I have two quick questions um, before we let you go, which I, reluctantly, I know we're, we're running late. Uh, so I want to ask this of every single guest because this is going to be a theme this year. How vast do you think the underground troll economy is and how can we fight back? Shall I start? Mm -hmm. How could we fight back? <laughs> hmm. You know, I think we are already fighting back for the first time in the history and it, it, because the subversion of the Western countries went since 1996 when General Samsonov as the chief of the general staff of Russian army for the first time postulated the theory of hybrid warfare. Mm -hmm. It like as a subversion of institutions and undermining of population perception mm -hmm. it was it was 1996 so the the their warfare went and developed within 26 years and we for the first time now we are fighting back okay for the and, right. and really with an impact not like yeah we we put on the sanctions some companies uh exporting peers to donbass yeah so this, okay. this time it really matters and this we should do this 2010 2012 yes their power the in between time their power grew up like a monster exactly. from harry potter so, so yeah, they, they, in our final they grew there they have roots in our very flesh of the democracy yes. in our banking system in our yes. justice in our media yes so they are and now it really hurts to get them out yeah yeah and we were talking about peter thiel earlier right and and peter thiel not only is anti-democratic and and all of that but he's got palantir mm -hmm. um buried deeply yeah, in yeah. every three-letter agency in america Dada. Um, Dada is the Facebook of the 21st and, century. and twitter and every single other social media platform for every single bit of information it, that they could possibly have and they're selling that data to yeah. uh police departments to uh, CIA, to to and to <laughs> uh, God knows who else, because there are right. no restrictions to not sell it to foreign governments. Yes, I uh, am so excited at this conversation. This is the part where we always ask our guests to please come back. But I have a couple other things I want to bring up. 
dark violet faces. Talk to our audience about dark violet faces. These pickled generals who stand behind Putin. Yeah. And then Hi-Fi's strategic bombing idea. <laughs> so you first, Alex. You know, uh, I didn't get much sleep those days, uh, like obviously like everyone. Yeah. And the first thing I really do in the morning when I when I wake up is to like go and check my Twitter and what, what's happening, what's happening? Yeah. The first video I've seen this morning was the Putin announcement of nuclear standby emergency state yeah. in Russia. For the first time, he didn't sit behind that long table. He had his two main military persons next to him, Shoigu, the Ministry of Defense, and Gerasimov, the author of his military doctrine, the chief of staff. They were like on his right hand immediately next to him. And I was, I've seen this, those faces before because it was constant picture I've seen. I, I, I used to see entire childhood, these Russian generals mm -hmm. completely soaked with alcohol, with that small eyes and dark faces. And, and they didn't blink, but it was absolutely clear to me that they don't get sober anymore mm -hmm. to survive this situation. It's the way how the Russians survive. They drink mm -hmm. a lot. Like I always used to say that we Czechs drink a lot of beer, but Russians are basically, they, they, they live on alcohol and moonlight and that's everything they need to survive. Wow. So Thank you for that. And Hi-Fi, what do you say? So if you really want to disrupt Russia, Bomb the vodka distilleries. That's how you do it. <laughs> no more vodka. Russia sobers up. I've got a 12-step program I could recommend. We are laughing, but it might be true. It might work. I think it know? is true. This I, is I think time it is. For big ideas. I, I'm not, listen, I'm not sure ticking a, alcohol away from a whole bunch of alcoholics is going to make things calm down. All right, we'll bomb saying. them slowly. We'll it just take like one distillery at a time. We'll we'll shut them down slowly. <laughs> oh my god! Could you imagine dropping freaking AA books from the planes? Mm. Oh, that, that Dear Russia, smoke weed. All right. Anyway. Well, that observation is profoundly important. That observation, in in my mind, is profoundly important because I, uh, as the guys know, I look at a lot of the people that we talk about and write about, and the people who are part of the troll economy and the billionaires. I look at them as a lot of fucking sick boys, and I look at like there was a picture of Gavin McInnes from CPAC and. He clearly looked pickled. And so what you brought up, I think, is something that um, is very, very valid. And we hope if they breathe one sober breath, that they take a look at the sociopath in front of them and figure out a different way forward for Russia because of the absolute um, criminal acts that are occurring as we live and breathe right now and the, and the tragedy and, and, the, and, the, and the tragedy that will continue to be compounded if nothing is done. So that was incredible. Thank you so much. Do you much. see yeah. any way out of this? Do you see any way out of this other than the Russian people need to rise up 
and remove Putin from power. You know, and anything is... else, we're going to have nuclear war, I, I think. Yeah, I know, I know. There is actually, to me, I'm no military expert and political expert. I'm just, I, I often used to joke that I'm just a propagandist. I'm like political marketing. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But what I see, there is no precedence to accept of one in Russian history. They never, ever, the people never, ever, ever got rid violently of his of their rulers, except of one. Mm -hmm. It was the Bolsheviks Revolution, nineteen seventeen. Mm -hmm. Yes, yep. their own Tsar. Yeah, this is over hundred years ago. The last compassionate. God, and with the, by the way, with the help of Lenin, who was paid by Germans because they mm -hmm. wanted to get Russia out of the first war. Right. And substantial portion of money like, come back like home and, and create the revolution. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, no, and as soon as time. What's that? I, Maybe it's time. Maybe it's I, time for I, Russia to, uh, to yeah. overthrow their leader. On that, well, on that. Here, I, I don't, I on just the don't other hand, that, that, there's that a policy of containment works with uh, this guy anymore. No, I don't think I, that, I, I don't think, I think we can we've, do it anymore. Yeah, we've, uh, jumped think we've, shark we've on that. exhausted that route, sadly. So, so we are out of time. Alex, you're amazing. I want to thank you so much. You know what's funny is we actually no. had uh, booked a friend who lives in Kiev, Paul Nyland, who apologized because he was in a bomb shelter all night and missed the recording. And I was so grateful because we're gonna we're gonna do an interview with him in coming days. But I was so grateful that you rose to the occasion. I would not have missed this interview for anything in the world. Um, and I want to uh, make sure that you tell people where they can find your books. Yeah, you can find actually the Czech one. Uh, it, it was published only in Czech Republic. And so, mm -hmm. so uh, the second one you can find on Amazon, on each national Amazon site. It's named Feeding the Demons. There's mm -hmm. uh, on the cover is Donald Trump on the with the background of burning White House on the black background. Yeah, how appropriate. Wonderful. And if you put in Google or in, in Amazon, Alex Alvarova feeding the demons, you immediately the link pops up. And, and we will include the link also in our um, web information uh, that we put out. I want to thank you so very much. Hi-Fi, you had your finger up. I, I just want to know. It, how soon can we expect the industry of lies Americanized? Because I think I think our country needs that. They need to understand what yeah, this the factory of lies is. Was actually a roadmap of Russian propaganda since the very beginning, beginning wow. until now, until the digital era. I'd like to do this, just not by translate the book because the book was written for Czech for my yeah. Czech for people. I'd love to write a different book. Mm, uh, I hope you do. Maybe, uh, we hope you do. We are, I'm doing like more than one year a podcast uh, called Canaries in the Net with Czech scientists and IT guy. His name is uh, Joseph Holly. He's an expert oh, for artificial intelligence and uh, social media algorithms. Oh, great. Wow. We are planning to write this book together. Great. Name it Canaries in the Net. And oh, that's right. amazing. We are great. I want to hear that podcast. By I the way. just got a full body chill. 
Oh, Alex, thank you so it's very much for being here with us. You're incredible. And uh, we also love, I love seeing you on Twitter. And uh, I just, you know, keep on keeping on. Um, I always say lonely are the brave and we have each other. So yeah. certainly makes me less lonely. Yeah, me too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you thank so you. much. Wow, she just rules so, so hard. Man, what a, what a... Oh, what a powerful Alex person. Alex is cool. No, yeah. you know, I mean, just the things that she knows based on her life experience. And and I was up all last night because of learning about Alex's uh, life, researching my father's own life. He, I lost him a few years ago, and he didn't want to talk about this stuff anyway. But, you know, when Sudetenland was handed over to Hitler, what that meant for my dad was having to hide his sisters in haystacks for a number of, uh, you know, for most of their childhood from the rapey Russian soldiers, you know, fuck war, fuck war, fuck sociopaths, you know. Um, okay, so uh, I think that, Sean, you are giving your digital descent over to Michael McKay, is that correct? That's correct, yep, let's run that. <clears throat> yeah. No better way to uh, close this out. Yeah. Beautiful, thank you, Sean. And thank you, everybody. See you later. Just, um, it's very difficult to be frustrated, but I just want to say that, you know, we have to, we have to convince ourselves that it's never too late. At any stage, you can stand up and, and fight and do something. You know, um, we can still stand with the Ukrainian people. You can always save what can still be saved. Where That's there's life, great. there's hope. Where there's life, there's hope. I guess stuff. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.